أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الذين يغبون أصواتهم عند رسول الله أولئك الذين امتحن الله قلوبهم للتقوى لهم مغفرة وأجر عظيم إن الذين ينادونك من وراء الحجرات أكثرهم لا يعقلون ولو أنهم صبروا حتى تخرج إليهم لكان خيرا لهم والله غفور رحيم صدق الله العظيم Yesterday's discussion the aspect about a person's amal being nullified was discussed Allah Ta'ala warns that not to raise the voice in the presence of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam otherwise this could lead to a person's amal becoming nullified so some detail regarding this was mentioned and that this etiquette obviously not in the category and level that it applied to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam but it applies to those who Allah ta'ala has blessed with the knowledge of deen the urasa of the anbiya ali musalam the inheritors of the anbiya ali musalatu wasalam this etiquette applies and the same warning applies in the sense that if a person falls into disrespect Allah forbid this can result in the tawfiq being taken away and when the tawfiq of righteousness goes away this divine help from Allah Ta'ala is not there then first the amal of a person starts falling away and then Allah forbid sins start creeping in which he never even had been part of for a long maybe never ever before and one thing leads to another if the person gets the tawfiq of repenting, making amends, inshallah this can be then stopped in its tracks. Otherwise, the fear of the worst can become a reality. Once one person, Hafiz of the Quran Sharif, but involved in his business, whatever, so his type of business required a lot of traveling and during his traveling he used to be mashallah making excessive tilawat of the Quran Sharif sometime in a day because of the amount of traveling he had to do so while driving he used to be reciting Quran Sharif as well so he would sometimes in a day recite seven paras, eight paras comfortably without any major effort because time that was going in traveling he was reciting Quran Sharif at the same time then once something, whatever might have happened, so he discussed his issue that I'm still traveling just as much, I'm still, my routine in terms of work, etc. hasn't changed, but I'm sometimes battling to even recite a quarter para. A person was reciting seven, eight paras a day, comfortably, mashallah, good hafiz, and the routine hasn't changed. One is that now the person's work routine has changed. Instead of traveling now, he is more interacting with people. So now because of interacting with people, he's behind some desk now sitting and talking to everybody. So at the time he's talking to others, he obviously can't be reciting at that time simultaneously. 
oh he has to be engaged in some other manner of work, writing or reading or something. So obviously that becomes difficult to now simultaneously be reciting Quran Sharif. But while driving, there is no other work to do at that time. So that hasn't changed. So why did this change? So I'm battling to make even quarter para now. After prompting him and making him think carefully, then something came to his mind. Now this is a few months have passed in this manner. Something came to his mind. There was some issue somewhere and an alim had expressed a view regarding a certain matter. So that view of that alim had been, well, on social media or whatever, some way it had been circulated. And whoever he was referring to, that person's view was not in agreement with the view of whatever was circulated about this. Alim had expressed his view about a certain issue. So he took it upon himself to write to that Alim. He is not an Alim. He took it upon himself to write to that Alim. And the manner in which he wrote, though he might have even in a sense expressed the view of some other person, some other alim, but how he went about it was clearly disrespectful. Now, after a lot of prompting, this was the only thing that came to his mind. And then he mentioned it, that this is what happened. And in fact, he had the, well, the copy of that was still saved somewhere. It was clearly disrespectful how this was done. So this was pointed out to him that, look, it appears that the only reason for this entire change in situation, nothing has changed in terms of your routine, you still have the same amount of time available, there is no extra effort that you're going to have to make now, but why has this suddenly drastically dropped? It appears that there is no other reason but this. Abdullah, he made amends, he wrote to the person concerned, asking for his forgiveness, and some time later, everything started coming back on track. Now, outwardly, sometimes, many things seem unrelated. It seems that there is no real link between what I did and what happened to me. Or sometimes, you don't even remember. This is exactly what's mentioned in this ayat here. Allah Ta'ala says, That your amal will become nullified in the context that we are speaking the tawfiq will get taken away, you won't even realize what happened. Now the link is not apparent. If this happened, what's the, what's the reason behind it? What's the background to it? So these are very sensitive matters. The views that might sometimes be expressed by the ulama ikram sometimes might be very differing views. We should be sticking to one personality, one mufti who we have that confidence in and taking all our fatwas, our direction from one person, and we respect everybody else, we don't fall into those differences that might be in the academic field, that's not our field, we are not qualified for that. We hear about some heart surgeon has one view about how to go about it, and somebody else has some other view. One person went to some doctor, he took his child and went, the doctor explained how he's going to go about the procedure and he said, look, there are two options, this option or that option. Some very highly ranked surgeon. And he said, look, this is what I'm going to propose to do. 
and the child needed some surgery, so this is what his proposal was. So the person said, no, this is up to you, whatever you decide, you are the expert in the field. So he says, no, why I'm saying all this is, that I'm doing this, what proposal I'm making now, that this is how I'm going to do it. I'm doing this from the past five years. I, so to say, pioneered this. At the time when I pioneered this, then other surgeons in the field, they said, this person is gone off the track. Basically, in the medical field, he's become murtad. That he is becoming a heretic, how can he ever propose such a kind of procedure? This is against all medical principles and rules that this kind of issue must be treated or this kind of procedure be even thought about. But he said, now, five years later, everybody is doing the same. Everybody else who is in this field, they are also adopting the same procedure of treating this particular situation. And so, now, in that field, that difference between the surgeons, but now one layman comes in between, and he also wants to tell the other surgeon that, well, something is off with your head, you are doing something which is going all against all medical ethics, what does he know? And five years later, all the other surgeons are doing the same also. So now, where is his comments going to be? As a layman, he wants to come in the fray of what is the difference between people of a profession who are experts in their field, who is going to be considering what his view is in any way. So when this doesn't is not tolerated in worldly things, in, in dunya aspects, in aspects of physical health, that a layman comes and now he wants to offer his view with regards to the difference of opinion between people who are experts in the field, how can this ever be tolerable in the line of deen and in the aspects of the knowledge of deen, in fatawa, etc., that a person who doesn't have any knowledge in that regard, that's not his field, he doesn't have that expertise, he hasn't studied the depths of fiqh, etc., now he wants to start making judgments, he wants to start passing comments. The aspect to be very cautious about in this regard is that those comments sometimes can border on disrespect, sometimes can cross that line. And that's not going to affect anybody else, but that can rebound on us and cause major blockages. This is something to be very, very cautious about, very careful about, as mentioned yesterday, that there is nothing compared to adab in taking a person ahead in deen, and likewise there is nothing compared to lack of adab, disrespect actually, that can drop a person and how fast it can drop a person. So, this ayat of the Quran Sharif is very, very significant for us in our day-to-day -day lives, that we should always be very cautious. Hazrat Hassan Basri, rahmatullahi, such a great personality, Sayyidul Tabi'een. This is just an aspect that will give us again the same lesson, that how sometimes we don't see the link between things. But what an impact something can have on us. So he says that once I was deprived of tahajjud salah for six months. Now he is a person who was seeing the link because of his, let's say, muhasaba and that fear of Allah Ta'ala. And sometimes because of the caliber of the personality, sometimes an error from that rank gets tested in that manner. That a person of that rank because that error was made by him, which 
considering his position and status, that was not befitting of him. So he got tested to that level. Somebody else, that might not have been so serious for him. But for a person of that caliber, this became a very serious matter. So he says, for six months I became deprived of the Hajjul Salah. And what was the reason for it? The reason was that I once saw one person crying in his dua. He was making dua, he was probably sitting in the masjid or wherever. I saw him making dua and he was crying and the thought came in my mind, this person is showing off. That's, that's much. That, that thought came in my mind that this person is showing off. So I passed judgment on the person's intention. Passing judgment on the person's intention, that is Allah Ta'ala's prerogative. Allah Ta'ala's only his rights. We can't see the heart of a person. Yes, we can see the actions of a person. If an action is wrong, and Shariat has already judged that this action is wrong, we'll also say the same thing, that this is wrong. But the intention of a person we can't pass judgment on. So he says that this was the reason on reflection, that because of this ill thought of a person, this badgumani, this resulted in this deprivation. Again, the same message, أَن تَحْبَطَ أَعْمَالُكُمْ وَأَنْتُمْ لَا تَشْعُرُونَ That tawfiq and that divine help from Allah Ta'ala gets snatched away. A person doesn't realize what happened where. Sometimes it might be how we reacted to our parents. And this topic we've discussed several times. Repeatedly this comes up because these challenges come up repeatedly in people's day-to-day -day situations. And they can be very challenging situations. But the lesson for us that we have to ingrain on our hearts and minds is that we are responsible for what we have to do in the court of Allah Ta'ala. We are not going to be questioned about what wrong somebody else did. We are going to be questioned about how we conducted ourselves and how we reacted to somebody's wrong. If we reacted within the limits, then we are safe. That person wrong, that's between them and Allah Ta'ala. So sometimes, for example, a parent might say something, do something, and that in itself may not be right. Or the way in which we were dealt with may not be right. We take it for granted it was not right. But our reaction can become worse than what their wrong is. What they might have done might not have been right. But if we reacted negatively, our wrong would be worse than theirs. And the problem that then sometimes ensues is that that effect of whatever might have been the reaction, it can sometimes impact again, rebound on a person, that rebounding happens again in the same manner. Sometimes that also results in the tawfiq being taken away. Now a person is trying to progress somewhere, but he's just going in circles. Because we didn't make amends. So these can become very testing situations, it can become very challenging, but that is after all dunya. That we have to pass our test. Somebody else, they are in their test. Parents are in their test. It's their responsibility to pass their test. But at the same time, as children, it's our responsibility to pass our test. On the day of Qiyamah, we will not be made to pass our test if we reacted wrongly because somebody else failed their test. You know, if we failed our test, we're going to bear the consequences. So we have to be very conscious about this that we don't cross the line and we remain within the limits that Shariat has chalked out for us and especially with regards to respect, with regards to etiquette, we rather be on the side of caution. As mentioned, the Sahaba after this ayat was revealed and in fact there are certain 
other ayat that follow the message in these ayat also is of the same point just to briefly touch on that firstly Allah Ta'ala says إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَغُضُّونَ أَسْوَاتَهُمْ عِنَّ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ مْتَحَنَ اللَّهُ قُلُوبَهُمْ لِلتَّقْوَىٰ As soon as these lessons came that look don't ever raise your voice in front of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam don't talk to him casually in a raised voice like you talk to one another aloud the Sahaba immediately complied as we already discussed yesterday and on this immediate compliance Allah Ta'ala revealed this ayat إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَغُضُّونَ أَصْوَاتَهُمْ إِنَّ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ that those who lower their voices in the presence of the Rasul of Allah أُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ مْتَحَنَ اللَّهُ قُلُوبَهُمْ لِلتَّقْوَىٰ Who were these people? They were the Sahaba. That they were immediately in compliance. Because this was now still the period of Tarbiyat. So things were happening. But as it was happening, immediately they were being corrected. And that correction was being taken wholeheartedly. And total compliance. Allah Ta'ala is saying, these are the personalities. Allah Ta'ala has tested their hearts for taqwa. This is one explanation or one translation of this imtahan Allah but another meaning of this imtahan Allah is when something is made exclusive something is made totally special for it nothing else in it only this one thing something is now exclusively a portion for some particular aspect so Allah Ta'ala has made their hearts exclusively for taqwa in other words Mufti Shafi Sahib writes on this that it means that in their hearts was nothing but taqwa Allah Ta'ala had made it exclusive for taqwa, so there was nothing else. Yes, in the path of reaching the higher levels of taqwa, some mistakes happen on the way, but that happened for the first time, corrected and never happened. That message was taken, that lesson was taken wholeheartedly. So this is the rank of the Sahaba, that Allah Ta'ala is vouching for the taqwa in their hearts. Allah Ta'ala is endorsing the taqwa in their hearts. So where can anybody later in time come and pass any kind of criticism, any comments against the Sahaba Ikram. These situations that came about where some errors took place from the lives of, in the lives of the Sahaba, this too was by divine decree that the Sahaba, some of them must go through this. Depending on the kind of situation it was, somebody was made to err uh, in regard to, for example, raising his voice and he was corrected and then there were some situations where somebody was even, Allah forbid, very few Sahaba, very few of them, they fell into some major sin, but once. But then what was the reaction? That nobody was aware of it, but the condition that overwhelmed the person. One Sahabi, likewise one Sahabiya, this happened with, the condition that overwhelmed the person, that in the gathering of Rasulullah nobody else is aware, no insan is aware of what the person did. The person comes and says, Tahirni ya Rasulullah. The extent of the khawf and the fear of Allah Ta'ala, that I cannot live in this condition anymore. You purify me by meeting out the punishment that Allah Ta'ala has decreed for this. person slipped up, committed an act that required now being stoned to death. But the khawf and the fear of Allah Ta'ala that overcame, that in the midst of that gathering also didn't, wasn't a deterrent, I need to be cleansed from this. But Allah Ta'ala made, there was, this was a, happened by divine decree, 
so that the laws of Sharia, how they are going to be implemented, could be taught to the Ummah. These situations will come about, this is how it will be implemented. And when that punishment was implemented, then somebody made a casual comment that beware of the blood of the adulterer because of that blood that's going to splash now. Rasulullah cautioned him and said this person has made such a tawbah that if this tawbah has to be distributed among all the people of Madinah Munawwara, it will suffice for everybody. This is the extent of the tawbah the person has made. So the point in this is that sometimes in these ayat, again further, another ayat is coming at the bottom where some aspect of a sahabi and his error will be discussed. But these are to be understood in context. And to be understood in the light of these ayat of the Qur'an Sharif and in the light of that general endorsement that Allah Ta'ala has made, radiallahu anhum wa radu'an, that if they made a mistake, the tawbah that they made thereafter, one is that mistake was made to happen, so that the ummah could be taught what's to be done in these situations if it does occur. But at the same time, what their manner of making amends was, that sometimes that a person has fallen back one step, but as a result of falling back one step, the person became so grieved over it and made such a sincere toba that that took him ten steps ahead of where he was previously. This, the Sahaba Ikram, that one step that they fell backwards, they made such tobas that it took them thousand steps ahead. So the Sahaba are to be seen in that light that these are the very special personalities of the Ummad. The whole Ummad can get together. All the awliya of the Ummad can be put on one side. But the lowest ranking Sahabi, his position is still far greater than all the awliya of the Ummad thereafter. So the Sahaba Ikram on another very high level, we can never ever entertain even the slightest uh, negative thought about any Sahabi. These are personalities who have already made their place in Jannat long ago. By harboring the slightest negative thought about any Sahabi, we will only harm ourselves and endanger our Iman. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. Inshallah we will continue.